and welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Pachuto, and I'm very excited to have Mr. Johnny Lou, a.k.a. Johnny Home Movies, on the pod with us today. Johnny, how you doing, my friend? I'm great, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so good. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on the pod today. Can you give a quick yeah. introduction to uh, the listeners of who you are? Okay. Um, try to keep it short, but I am a, I guess everybody knows me as a film photographer. Been doing it for maybe five years now. Um, yeah, it's been hell of a ride. Uh, really kind of predominantly just like an Instagram kind of guy. I haven't really dived deep into like, you know, commission work or anything, or I'm not trying to be some big like photographer mogul. I just, I just love the, the art of it and I love sharing it. And that's, that's about it, man. That's fucking um, awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really, as a career, it's kind of like, uh, I've been doing music as sort of a career. And for a while I owned a recording studio from like 2008 till, till around, I think last year. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, well, I, my studio was broken into, so I got a lot of like, um, I got a lot of stuff stolen, some necessary items like my computer and Shit. a bunch of microphones. And um, that's a crazy story in itself, if you want to get into that, because I ended up catching the guy. Oh, on my shit. Own. The cops couldn't help me. Detective I, I Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrestled the guy. I wrestled the guy down and and uh, and uh, held him held him there with a knife until the cops came. Holy shit! I'm kidding. <laughs> that didn't happen. I used the ring. <laughs> I used the ring camera. I used the ring camera to catch him. Whatever. That's a long story. But but my recording my recording career kind of came to an end, and I was already sort of halfway out the door so when that happened i was like i'm done yeah like sign sign from the universe i have some of my gear still at the house if i wanted i could kind of begin again here at the house if i wanted but for now like i'm i'm focused on um teaching drums to to little kids which is that's been awesome. the most rewarding thing yeah Dude, that's so I love cool. teaching yeah I, I think i got my um i definitely got my start um my beginnings with teaching a taste of it through recording because a lot of the bands I worked with were also like kind of you know uh, young bands who didn't sometimes didn't know how to play their instruments and stuff so it was a lot of like me helping with their instruments helping them with songwriting you know being like an all-in-one encompassing sort of like mentor um, mentor yeah workhorse for the band not just recording and then mixed, it was like everything. So I love that aspect. So when I started teaching drums, it kind of came really naturally. And um, and what's funny now is I'm, I'm trying to do the, the same thing with photography. I, re- I really want to teach it. I love that. So talk to me like five yeah. years ago, like what made you pick up a camera for the first time? Or if that was what, even when you started or just started with film? Five years ago, I was working at my dad's restaurant. Um, I was helping him manage it. And that was the, the craziest experience ever. Um, I just jumped into it with no. Ex- I was running a studio at the time, and it was next door to the <laughs> studio. So I was I would be recording bands, and then like leaving them to go into the restaurant. And be like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and then and then I like and then I disappear for like two hours, and then I come back. So that was a crazy experience. Um, the whole restaurant was like wild. I I, I rehired new staff. I fired everybody. I, you know, was firing people for the first time ever, um, hiring people for the first time ever, um, and and uh, reworking the menu and all that. And around that time, I decided to buy a camera 
and um, What'd you take buy? pictures of the staff. Um, I had met uh, Taylor at that time. She was working there, um, and uh, I just I decided to buy a Sony A six thousand. My my good buddy Alex Bemis had one, mm-hmm. and he had just got into it. He's like, it's, it's awesome. I love photography. Um, he was in a band, and he was on tour with a band called This Wildlife. He's good friends with them, and he started photographing for them. He was playing bass for them and doing all their photographs. So they were just like, oh, cool. We don't need to hire a tour photographer anymore. Um, we'll just do it. And my, when I heard that, I was like, that's incredible. I've always wanted, I've always, we, I was in a band and we would, every tour, we would bring a new photographer along and I'd always admire what they did. And, um, I sort of left it at that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was always just kind of like, like, Oh, this you guys is cool. are great at this. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are great at this. Keep being great at it. I'm going to play my drums. And then once I, I saw the homie make that leap, I was like, I could do, I want to do that. Like, how much was that camera? Let's, I'm going to do it. So I bought the camera and it kind of just spun out of control from there. I, I then moved to a Sony A7R2 within a couple months. And then this was maybe like four or five months into just having a camera in my hands. Um, in general. I discovered a Mamiya six four five at a thrift store. Nice. So I, I was dating Ta- I was dating Taylor at the time, and we were thrifting like a lot. That's what we did. And we went to one of our favorite thrift stores, and I saw the box Mamiya on the wall, and I was like, "What's in that?" And they they brought it down for me, and I looked at it, and I was like, "I don't know what this." Is. I was like, "What is this?" And I remember thinking like, I remember thinking thinking um, there's. This is going to be decor. There's nobody shoots film. That's not a thing, right? Like, I'm just going to put this on my wall. And they said it was 150. And what's oh crazy God. is the lens. The lens that was on it was worth, it was the 81.9. The lens that was on it was worth like five, four hundred, five hundred dollars $500. And then the camera, the whole package of the camera was worth like six, seven hundred dollars So I got it for 150 brought it home, had no idea what I was going to do with it. Um, wasn't planning on shooting it and then another good friend rob julian was like dude film is a th- you can buy film and shoot it still man like are you kidding me and i was like really <laughs> i don't i know nothing i was like i know nothing i know nothing so he um he's like let's let's go out i'll, I'll show you how to use it we'll put a roll through i was like oh my god this is crazy and i i remember that first day so distinctly we went into la um we went to this cool um Philly cheesecake restaurant and they had these like back rooms that weren't occupied but there's all this light flooding in it was really cool and I remember we were taking portraits of each other there and I just like the sound it made and everything I was like this is am I doing it right like it, what is this and then we went into Chinatown I remember it was a, I, I remember I also had my digital and I was shooting both digital and this because I just couldn't rely on this thing. I had no idea if it was gonna you know yeah. um coming out provide yeah anything good um so when i got the photos back i was totally blown away and um in fact i um i had bought a scanner before i got my rolls back so i've i've only ever scanned my photos one time with a lab and it was in hawaii because that was really um I was just impatient. I had I was sitting on so many rolls. I was like, let's just give them to the lab here. But other than that one occasion, I've always scanned my own photos. Um, 
and yeah, I guess that that sums up the story, right? Yeah, dude, that's a sick, man. Bit. I mean, first of all, thrifting cameras is like it used to be my favorite thing to do, but now because you know, film photography, yeah, yeah, Kendall Jenner, thanks a lot. You know, a lot of people have ruined the the fun aspects of it. Um, but that's sick, man. I, uh, I I was just before we got on the line, I was scanning some. So I shoot a lot of one twenty street photography. It's like the thing that I do now cool. all, all the time. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Lynette Blanche. She's like the OG Hasselblad, uh, medium format film photographer, street photographer. And I was like, I was like, dude, I was like, that's so wild. Like the process is so slow. Like I'm shocked you like would do that. And she like convinced me to try it. It's changed my flow dramatically when it comes to taking street photos. And I'm like so hyped on uh, the roles that I'm scanning in right now. Um, but to me, so like I do photography full time as a career and it's, you know, 98.8% digital, right? Clients want to see that shit in 48 hours, not, you know, seven to 10 business days. But the yeah. act of shooting film to me is much more rewarding. Um, there's something inherently wonderful and beautiful and chaotic about the process that has really drawn me into it and something that I'll never stop oh, yeah. doing. What is it about film for you that makes you want to, you know, make it be your pretty much your staple from, from a photography perspective? I think everything you just said, I completely agree with the, the chaos, right? Um, I, I do love, I feel like I'm a color guy. Yeah. Um, I lean on it quite a bit. And I love being able to, like, take a picture of something, like, probably something no one would ever, you know, like, pay pay any mind to and just take a photo of it and then can't wait to get back and apply some magic to it and see if I can, I can make it come to life. Um I kind of had that knack with digital too. I remember being like, "Oh my god, I could just, I could shoot anything. I could just <laughs> point my camera at anything and then apply this, this edit, and all of a sudden it just, it just starts, you know, looking like, like this fantasy." Yeah. Um, I love that. Of course, obviously, there's bad photos too, but there are moments where you're, where you're like, I cannot believe this photo looks as good as it does. Like, I, like it was such a, it was such a dumb thing to photograph at the time, you know. Which told me that, you know even with my film camera now it's like just take the photo just just take the photo there are moments where we're sure you're like that's i i'm not taking this photo this is this is not it but there are moments where like i i'm i'll be with buddies who are kind of beginners and they would never think twice at pointing the camera at what i point my camera at but then they're surprised when they see the result like oh i get it now and i'm like yeah because you never know sometimes well, like our eyeballs see a very dull, to me, a very dull representation of the world. Like it's, it's a very, it's kind of like, it's got a blue cast sort of, it's not nearly as warm as I want it to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, there's not, it's kind of flat. So just with a little bit of contrast and, and some like warmth and, and colors, all of a sudden your world comes to life. And, and what's funny is um, I wear these sunglasses that are yellow and I love them because to me, in a weird way it's possible that i've been wearing them since i started shooting like maybe around the same time i picked up a camera in a weird way i think they i've lost them by the way like five times i've had them replaced five times and i now own two pairs just in case (laughs) but that's how i want to see the world and that's how i like sort of um set up my shot and set up like whether i'm going to take the picture it's almost like it's almost like a way for me to view it's a way for me to view the photograph before i put the camera up to my my eyes you know dude and uh that is poetic as fuck (laughs) i i think it would be so sick if i came out with my own sunglasses that had a filter that was similar to the way i edit 
you know, because do it just for myself. That's just awesome. For myself, so I can like be like I could just walk around and be like have a better idea of the world around me, whether it's it's worth photographing. That's amazing. Um, talk to me about your creative process. Like you, you said, you shoot a lot of color. Um, I, I mean, I, I can vividly remember the photograph that lent me to following you. Um, I want, no, this is a good thing. <laughs> I want to say it was Disney World or Star Wars World or something. It's it, like, I, oh yeah, well, you have a love hate relationship with that with the image. Yeah, I can imagine. I was actually gonna get into like what is the, when an image like that goes viral like that. What does that do to someone as a photographer? I've never experienced it. Um, but talk to me a little bit about your creative process from a color perspective, from like a intangible perspective, like what your process is like. Um. When you say creative process, are you talking about like intent to taking the, t- yeah. taking the photo? Yeah, like film stock use, like intent behind imagery. Like, what is like your process when you like put your camera in your pocket, you put it around your neck, and you go out to create? Oh, well, um, something like I, I guess I was known for a lot of like nighttime photography, so um, I try to shoot in dark scenarios, whether it's interior or out outside with a lot of light but i i always make sure i'm not shooting into just the abyss right like i want to make sure wherever i'm going has a lot of light and i think that's what kind of makes for a great a great contrasty photo um making sure there's there's plenty of light even though it's nighttime um whether it be headlights street lamps you know you know store the signs from like storefronts um whatever it is make sure it's like kind of well lit so you can sort of deal with that later mm-hmm. um, with the edit. I am I, I am guilty of shooting into like too dark areas. So so the way I go the way I go about it is um, what I've what I've figured out over time is I don't need a meter when I go out and shoot at night. Like when I go to Disneyland, I just leave my camera at one thirtieth, two point eight, four point zero, or whatever, and that's it. That's impressive. Handheld? Yeah. Wow. Handheld. Oh, no. I've I've since graduated to 115th. I'm now (laughs) just strictly 115th. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking wild. (laughs) Really? I mean, I don't have... I must have very shaky hands. All my pictures would be just massive blur. Um, Are you you talking about 35 millimeter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because definitely with the, the, like, a medium format it's like you can't get anything lower than 160 but with 35 millimeter i you know i i'm like locked it's, in it's a it's it's a boxer's sort of grip yeah. elbows tucked i'm you know and sometimes i'll cheat i'll set the camera on something flat you know and just mm-hmm. do that i'll even like sometimes i'll set the camera on something flat and then if i know i need to aim up or down i'll put my finger under the camera yeah. as like a little stand so, so the lens, because when you set the camera on like a table or something, it's it's aiming low, mm-hmm. you know. So I'll kind of like put my finger or something underneath it. I'm I'm always making like makeshift tripods, basically. Yeah, but, I mean, um, it's wildly impressive that you do that completely without a meter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean without a mirror? Uh, light meter, just shooting f- handheld. Oh, yeah, a yeah. light meter. Yeah, yeah. No, no light. Well, there's no point because I know. Um, I know anything faster is going to be too dark and yeah. anything slower is going to be blurry. Yeah. Right. So in my mind, I'm just going to keep it at this, at these settings, shoot everything 
and that way I'm not slowing down too. I can kind of just just shoot whatever I see and just take the photo without without any kind of pause or um, do you do um, do you do your own developing or do you push it out to a lab? I go to a lab because uh, I'm a huge stickler with dust. And when I develop at home, it's just so fucking dusty. I can't <laughs> handle it. Yeah. Um, so, and plus, like, the novelty of developing at home wore off so fast. Two rolls. I remember, like... Two rolls. Oh, my God. Two, dude, if I had, like, seven rolls, if I had seven rolls to develop, I'd be like, this is going to take me all day. Yeah. And, and I'm just doing this. Yeah. And, like... I remember thinking one time I developed that many rules. I was like, I'm done. There's no way I'm doing this anymore. This is stupid. <laughs> and then, and then there's just dust. There's just dust all over my film. So I'm spending hours just getting rid of the dust. I was like, never again. Yeah. And 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 I remember like, <laughs> I remember I used to have I, I even till the end of of me um towards the end of me developing before I stopped. I always had trouble with spooling. Like it would get fucking jammed and i start over and i'd be like sweating in the changing bag and just like screaming and i can't do anything about it because my hands are just in the bag before that i used to do it in a in a dark bathroom and i would put towels on the door and just sit there in the dark and i remember i'd be in there for so fucking long just dealing with this jam spool just like why am i doing myself, this like, why am i doing this? i'm in the dark i can't see anything i'm fucking sweating i remember screaming at taylor just like I fucking hate that. And she's like, "What?" I was like, "Nothing." Ah. And then, uh-huh. and then, I, at the time, I didn't realize this, but I could take, a, I could shove everything in the the actual yeah. chain, uh, in the 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 uh, what is it, the tank, Patterson and just tank, take yeah. a break and come back to it. A friend told me that, but at the time, I didn't realize I could do that. So I thought, like, "Oh my god, I'm stuck here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't leave this bathroom until I've." I completed the objective, and I beat this for like 30, 40 minutes, just losing my mind in the dark. Oh my, oh my god, god, that's it fucking was, amazing, dude! That awful. is so. so amazing. I hate that. It took me. So, it took so, me two rolls in uh, in COVID to uh, to retire. I bought all the chemicals. <laughs> I bought all the fucking tanks. I bought everything you need. Bought the developer. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking do this. I can't leave my house. Like this is all me. And I did two rolls. Uh, I would say three quarters of the photos were properly <laughs> developed and the rest were just black. I was like, this is horrible. Oh, no. I literally went, I, I just threw everything out. I was like, I'm done. I'm retired. <laughs> I think it's fun doing yeah. it, having, being a part of that process from beginning to end. But I'm telling you, man, I can even tell you like, so then I'd spend all this time in the bathroom doing this deal, right? Pouring it out. And, oh my God. Heating it up. And it's just the whole thing was just like, this is insane. <laughs> and then I would run a hot bath and and just leave the hot water sitting so the bathroom would get really humid and steamy. Mm-hmm. And I would let the film dry in a humid environment, but I would leave the bathroom door cracked just a little bit so that as the film dried, the, the humidity is also seeping out slowly. It can't be open too much because then it would leave too quick. Because I realized if if the film dried too quickly without humidity, it would fucking curl. It would, uh-huh. it would, it would do this deal, which made it impossible for me to scan on a flatbed scanner. Yeah, yeah. So that was like, oh my god, this is so crazy. I can't believe that. What go- so now I just get it scanned for whatever eight bucks, six bucks at the at the lab, and they give it to me in this nice cellophane. Yep. 
So what I do is I I rip it out of the cellophane, toss the cellophane, and then I roll it up super quick into a roll, and I shove it into a Ziploc bag. And then from there, I feed it through my DSLR scanner. And it's just, it's just night and day. Like, the, the amount of dust I have to remove, it's like, like four or five, you I know, like that. moving on. Yeah. Before it was like a night, before I'd be like, oh, I can't do this. There's too much. <laughs> It's too much. Yeah. What do I do? Like, I just leave it. You know, it's funny. Yeah. You are a clear stickler for for uh, for dust. I actually like the messiness of like images and frames with like dust with like particles with like it looking like shit i like when there's an eyelash in the frame because like i just didn't <laughs> fucking dust it off enough like i like all of those imperfections i so my problem with that is the reason why i like no dust because i've done the dust thing i've posted photos of dust or hair the reason why, the reason why i like it without dust is a, a 35 millimeter photograph that's been scanned well and all the dust removed when you see it it's almost like you're it's like mesmerizing like what am i seeing is mm. this digital yeah and then you zoom in and you're like wow it's so soft yeah what is this medium is this film like you're kind of left wondering because i see some i see some photographers that i i love and when i see oh for example jason lee perry when you see his work, it's all 35 millimeter, but when you see his work and it's dustless and it's got this like beautiful, like shine, papery yeah. sort of shine to it. And everything's like, even in his colors and you're, it's, it's like, you're not distracted. You're not being like, Oh, that's film. You're thinking like, what is, what am I, this is amazing, you know? And that's kind of like what I want to evoke. I don't want people to see my, see a dust and be like, Oh, this is film. He scanned it himself. <laughs> you know, I feel you. I don't even want them to think that, you know, that's and I also cool. think, um, the, the, the dust and film, um, that only happens if you scan it sort sort of, you know, mm -hmm. um, where, um, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I just yeah. feel like it just—it just quickly no, kind of—it quickly tells you that it's been scanned. Yeah, at home. You know, and, so, and now people, people will, people will like literally drop their film on the ground, step on it, and like cough on it or whatever, and then scan it yeah. just to make sure it has as much shit on it as possible. I don't go that far. I, I do wear gloves. I like. I want to make sure I keep my negatives nice. You know, for when I inevitably am. You know, in a museum, I don't fucking know. I have no idea why. Um, talk to me a little bit about the impact that film and cinema has on, had on your creative style because you have, without question, the tightest, most cinematic sort of look and feel to your work than any other photographer that I follow. Um, and it's uniquely your own. Like, I think you've developed a style that is, like, without question, able to be labeled as Johnny Hall movies. Like, th this is you. Um, talk Man, to me about... You. Yeah, no problem. Talk to me about sort of the impact on of film and cinema uh, in, in terms of, like, your workflow. It's, it's absolutely huge. It's huge. Film inspires me more than any other photographer. Um, I've spent more time watching film. I've, I've... As a child, I've been watching movies just like you. So... And I'm, you know, when you watch a movie, you're really seeing like hundreds of thousands, a million photograph stills, right, playing out in the form of video. But so I feel like I've I've been um, subconsciously retaining these images as I'm watching these movies since I was a little kid, as opposed to flipping through a photo book, which. Maybe I looked through a couple photo books as a kid, and then now as a photographer, even then that number of photo books that I flipped through is not many. 
you know i don't i don't you know so movies are something i'm watching constantly since i was a kid so i i before photography i think it was already inspiring me and some kind of creative i used to love drawing um and then now as a photographer i think it continues to inspire me and now it's not so subconscious i'm really focused you know i'm looking at every corner from one corner to another i'm looking at everything and just kind of like um trying to understand what i'm seeing and and also um trying to trying to like it's it's almost like when i see these movies there's a story behind the image um and i love that there's a narrative paired with what i'm seeing so when i pick up my camera and i and i like hold it up to my eyeball i'm seeing the same thing it's a frame with with blackness around it right so i almost feel like my own dp my own you know yeah. i'm my own director of photography at that moment and i'm able to decide my framing and decide all these things i don't i don't I don't picture, I don't think of myself as like a photographer making stills. I happen to be making stills, but when I hold my, my camera up to my eye, I feel like I'm holding a cinema camera or like a video camera, right? I fucking and love I'm like, that. I'm videotaping, right? Like, look at this movie I'm creating. And then if I like something, gotcha, right? I take the shot. You know what's funny? I'm, I'm like, actually, that makes a lot of sense to hear from you because you, you post a lot of photo sets, right? Like a lot of times it's three, four images in like a carousel and you are telling a, a story through multiple image of a scene that you're witnessing. And that's like your, your movie brain sort of like developing your creative style. I think that's fucking cool. Right. I mean, there's no real narrative behind it. I don't go out and I don't try to create something in my mind before I go out and shoot it. Most of my photographs are of my daily life mm -hmm. and the things I come across. Um, and it's so much, so it's, it's kind of documentarian, but it's so much more fun to like, just see what I could do with what's just, what's, what's just right in front of me. And to me, like, when I post stuff like this that has such a strong cinematic or, you know, um, story behind it, it, it doesn't really. It's just me hanging out. Yeah. If you hear me talk about these photos, that magic will disappear. I'd rather just put them out there, right? And I think it's, it's, it's important for me to challenge. When I post it, it's, I'm, I'm challenging other people to do the same with their own life, right? Like, pick up a camera, man. You'd be really surprised. You know, next time you go out on an outing or you go on a date or you go, you know, out to dinner, sometimes it's just out to dinner. Literally, it's just out to dinner and I have my camera and something catches my eye, you know? Um, trying to trying to go out just to capture something amazing um, to me has never been my thing. It's I, always just kind of like kind of happens. I couldn't possibly agree with you more. I, I I think if in in the instances where I've intentionally gone out to do something, I've failed every time. Like especially for like personal work, there needs to be sort of this free range from a creative perspective to, for shit to just happen. I agree. Yeah, you come back. Let's say you're like, I'm going to go here yeah. tomorrow with my camera. I'm going to shoot this, this, and this. And I'm going to get this lens, and I specifically want this cop that I've seen somewhere else, but I want to do it my way. And you go out there, and you get it, and then you come back with photos, and you're looking at it, and you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> but you've tricked your brain into thinking that these photos are great. Yeah. Because you put so much time and effort into, into, into like planning it and stuff. Not to say that planning is bad. Of course, there's great people that do it well. 
But there are probably some guys out there that are wondering, like, what's going on with my work? I don't get it. Why is this not fitting or why am I not getting the, the you know, the response I want out of it? It's like, well, maybe you're putting too much effort. Like, it's just, you're trying a little too hard. And unfortunately, when it comes to the creative world, when you try too hard, people can smell it, yeah. right? Um, people can tell. Something's just off. You don't have to be an art, an artist or another creative to even have that sense, right? You could just, that's oh, good. I mean, yeah. yeah, you're keep going, man. You're 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 on your way, but it's not. There's just always something missing, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's it. It's like there's like there should be this kind of um, grace, right? This kind of like just 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 sort of go with it and don't yeah. don't think too much about it. It's hard to explain. It's hard no. to teach. No, I understand what you're but, saying, man. Um, it's like like. Be your authentic self from a creative perspective. Create the work you want to create. Don't feel like you need to put together a piece of work that evokes anything other than the story or the imagery that you're trying to show. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's good. I would like to tie back into you had an incredibly viral photo. Is that like, mm. do you hate it? Um, well, at the time when I, you know, was, was looking at the images I took that day, I was like, oh, this is a good one. Yeah. I was like, it's cool. Look at it. Look at that. It's all green in the back. Yeah. Look, it's all misty. Yeah. I can tell you when I took that photo, um, specifically, uh, it was the doorway into a gift shop. So when I had her stand in front of it, it went and it opened. And I remember it was kind of close to, to closing. And I remember there was a couple like workers standing there and the little fucking star wars outfit or whatever yeah and they they were sitting there talking and then they it opened and they looked at us and i was like i was like oh we're not coming in and they're like okay and then the door it closed and then i took the shot and we walked away that's it and i i didn't put there's no effort behind that photo we were just hanging out yeah. you know we went on a bunch of rides that day we ate a bunch of food and you know i took multiple photos that day and um I mean, Taylor's beautiful, so I think that's a huge part of that photo. I, did, I don't think there's much of what I did other than it choosing to choosing to shoot it in film and coloring it in a kind of greenish manner um, paired with her, you know? And, and I think that photo just sort of... <laughs> you know what's funny is I released it on Star Wars Day. Oh, no shit. Or, or, around, or around the time a new Star Wars dropped, whatever. I don't remember yeah. exactly. But it was, I think that helped kind of, yeah. but that photo went so insane and unexpected, unexpectedly. And still to this day, it's probably one of the most shared photos. That one and another one that I took that same day on, um, on a main street, Disneyland Two those two photos went absolutely nuts. And when I look at those photos, I don't think like, here's my best work, you know, like here's, here's the. You know, here's like the, the peak of, of me, like check like this is not but because it was shared so much, people see it and assume that this is all I have to offer. Mm. They they think of this photo as me. So I get, you know, a lot of like comments that are you know, not the greatest, people saying crazy things. This photo sucks. You know, what I don't get it. Or um Well the internet sucks. Or like <laughs> or people would be like, Why do you keep why do you They'll tell these feature accounts, why do you keep sh featuring this guy? You know, features the small guys that that need that need him more than him. And I'm like, yeah, feature yeah. them, stop <laughs> it, please. Like, that's good. We're good on this photo. It's been three years. You guys are still fucking sharing it. Yeah. Stop it. I 
but I can't. I can't control what these people are, are sharing. Yeah. I have all this new work. I have all this new work. They don't want that. They want the other one. So it's very odd. Um, some people claim that I'm paying for these features. Oh like, God. oh, this, this guy's fucking paying for all these features. What a loser. I'm like, <laughs> you guys are crazy. Yeah, I think it, I think that's crazy. There are people who do that. Don't get me wrong. But I think anyone who's trying yep. to trick themselves into being something they're not by going down that route, it's just like they're wrestling with a level of imposter syndrome that you don't even remotely strike me as someone who experiences. Um, in terms of your own particular artist journey, um, how has the process been like you since moving into the NFT space? That's originally how we sort of linked up uh, via Twitter. Um, I, I bought one of your prints. and uh, Well, I bought Thank one of you. your, your uh, NFTs, um, which came with a print. I don't know if that's like a thing <laughs> or if it was an accident. <laughs> Um, but it's one of what my favorite. Did I send you a print, print yeah. by accident? Well, it was by accident. I think it was I by accident. And fell on your address, and <laughs> no. then I flipped and fell and no, no, the no. Uh, no. Or you got it for free or something? Something funny happened when when we when I got it. You were like, "Are you sure you got it?" I was like, "Yeah, I got it." And you, I thought you said like something funny happened where you didn't pay for it or something. I don't remember what happened. Oh yeah. Um, I don't remember what happened. They messaged me and they said, Hey, um, your credit card didn't go through. I'm like, and I just didn't respond. <laughs> and, but you still got the print. Yeah. So, it's dope. Yeah, it's, it's hanging I, on my wall, I man. Stole it's, it. it's, it Thank is, you. yeah, it's one, it's funny. That's sort of how we linked up. What is your, your journey sort of been in the NFT space? What are your feelings on, on the space? And like, hate it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> hate it. I, I was, so excited about it in the beginning just like yeah this is it yeah. i get to sell my work and make money off off my own art and not have to do commission stuff and what happened was i realized really quickly i was like oh i have to share the same fucking photos every day yeah that's not from the world i come from i'm constantly sharing something new and I'm like, I don't want to do that to anybody. I don't want to see this, this same work over and over again. Like, that's crazy. Like, I can't share anything new. Now that I've put out this NFT, it's like just this forever <laughs> until it's sold out. I can't do this. Yeah. So I've pivoted hard on Twitter and I just, I only share new work. Well, I cycle through some of the same old stuff because because Twitter does allow, people are used to people sharing the same photos over and over again. So in a sense, what I've done was I am sharing the same photos, but I, I have them as a carousel where like in, in a month, I'll share like a grouping, a big group of photos and then I'll come back to it again in the next month so so in a way every day you're seeing kind of a new you're seeing new photos but then they'll kind of come back around in a couple weeks yeah which to me i went from like three thousand followers to now like thirteen thousand followers by just doing that and never mentioning nfts oh my god <laughs> not mentioning nfts has literally allowed all these people to flood into my account you know as soon as NFT comes out of your mouth, nobody wants anything to do with you. Yeah, dude, I appreciate that. I, I think um, the greatest takeaway from the space has been the people that I've met across the way, like these conversations and the ability to have like artistic, uh, you know, impressions and role models has been great. Uh, it is just the same shit in a different place, and it is exhausting and uh, not my cup of tea anymore. It was very exciting for a hot minute. I thought, wow, this is so fucking cool. This is going to be great. And I was like, oh, it's just the same fucking thing. It's the same thing in a different space. Yeah. 
I mean, you could say I wouldn't be whining if I was like one of these guys sure. making, you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand a month selling their NFTs. You would, you, it would be a totally different conversation. Absolutely. Probably this whole conversation would have been about NFTs and how badass I am. Yeah. But instead, I felt like I can't do this. Um, well, maybe I could. Maybe I could find some success if I really. You know, yeah, you spend five hours like, a day in Twitter spaces. You like retweet, tweet, tweet, retweet. You know, you go through the shill threads. Yeah, they're they're. Listen, I I don't think anything worth having is not worth doing the work for. But to me, I'm not the type of person who's going to go down the road of pretending to want to sell me and my shit to other people. Like that's not that's not what I want to do. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, that's hard. Like I if mean, so, if yeah. someone wants to do it for me, sure, go nuts. But like to me, to want to spend hours a day. I mean, I, I was doing it. I was doing it like crazy. And I sold some NFTs. I had a lot of fun. It was great. And then all of a sudden, I was like, this is just not really... It's There's no net benefit here. I'm spending a lot of time. The amount of money that I was making was like, meh. You know, sure. If I was selling out collections and making tens of thousands of dollars a month, we would be having a different conversation. I agree. It's yes, just... Exactly. I think more or less, so, more or less, we would have ended up in the same place. It's almost like, did, did I fail at NFTs... Or did I just give up on it at the same time? You know, it's probably a little bit of both. Me realizing, like, holy shit, if I really want success in the NFT world, this is a full-time gig. Yeah. And I got to only do this. And I got to push it so. And be in the DMs of all these big collectors and, and rubbing noses with them. And I'm just like, dude, this is... This is such a this is so politically uh, 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 based now at this point or driven. And I'm like, this is like, yeah. this is odd. Like, I just want to at this point, dude. I don't even really. I I just been really uh, super into going to the gym, getting back into boxing. I haven't been taking that many photos. I just have these trips lined up where I will take photos, but um, right now I'm just laying low. And and I'm in my mind, I was like, this is the life. Like seeing my friends, not my Twitter, like. Twitter friends thing was just like, I love those guys. I met some really talented dudes on there, but I'm like, I'm not making time for my like actual friends that are here, real life shit. You know? Yeah. And when I do see them, they have to hear hear about me talk about this NFT thing, <laughs> like. <laughs> It is just becoming like I felt like a crazy person. Yeah, no, dude, I feel you. I I was spending so much time on it, and I I did the same thing. Like I was not spending time with my friends. I wasn't hanging out with my family. Like the things that like when you realize after you spend ten hours in a Twitter space, you're like, wow, I've been alone this whole time. Like I've been on a chat room for ten hours. Like we 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 brought back AOL and Twitter Spaces (laughs) and like Clubhouse in 2020. It's just yeah, ASL. Right, yeah, what's your NFT drop? Let's see it. <laughs> oh my god! And can we just talk about like the the strange, bizarro kindness oh, that's yeah. in the Twitter Twitter Fo- world with faux the- kindness, faux kindness. What, it's is, not real. what is that? You know, it, it is born in from a good it's place. Mandatory. It's mandatory. But, like, it's a circle <laughs> jerk. It's a circle jerk. Because, like, no one will be, like, dude, as a photographer, the only way I'm going to get better is by people giving me conscious corrective criticism to my work. Hey, this yeah. is a good photo, but. Hey, this is a good idea, but. Not like, oh, my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. We love you. You're so good. D- do it again. It's like, no, that's not real. Like, there's no, there, you don't grow as an artist by everyone telling you how great you are. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, sometimes I look at friends whose work isn't isn't quite doing anything, and I'm like, I have a 
I always feel like if you surround yourself with yes men or, you know, not even yes men, it could just literally be, it could literally be your mom. Yeah. Just being like, honey, I think it's great. I think it's great. Don't listen to anybody else. It's like, dude, this is why you're not really, you're not, yeah. you're not getting anywhere, man. You, you need to like either find people who are going to critique your work or be, um, be violently critical of your own work. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's, that's the only way. I you like know. that. I like that advice a lot. Yeah, it's crucial. I, I mean, I have a mentor. I'm, I'm blessed to have a really amazing human being who's wildly invested in seeing me be successful. And I think that in and of itself has given me growth that I couldn't have otherwise. It's because you need to have those unbiased conversations with someone about your work. If you want to grow as an artist, if you want to get better, that's what's going to be required. Um, so a couple of these um these kids i've picked up these students through the mentorship program um we haven't gone as far as to photo critique too too harshly or dive into that some of them are pretty beginner but um it's a lot of just me kind of giving them how i would shoot something or how giving them a rundown of how i do things but i do have a good friend that just started shooting i gave i loaned him my camera he's like oh my god thank you like i was like i'll teach you how to use it man let's go out together and shoot and of course his photos have been you know they're 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 the typical phase one photos of like stuff around the house stuff around the room stuff in the backyard your friends your family you know what i mean but um i i put i press him hard i go listen man what were you thinking on, on this one why why did you take this photo and he's like well i loved I love the architecture. I love this this thing. You know, he has a thing with seeing somebody somebody else's art, like uh, maybe like a mural on a wall, or like you know the, the 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 front of a building or something. And I'm like, well, it's it might be time to enter that building and take photos inside of it, you know, or maybe don't take photos of other people's art because that's this doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you're you're um um you're documenting someone else's work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, and I, honestly, I see that in the NFT space too. I'm like, I see guys that are taking pictures of other people's sort of creations, whether it be a sculpture or something, or like a, it can even architecture is a little different because you your positioning and angle can create different, you know, geometry and different lines and and the you know. But there are certain things where it's like this is a this was an art installment that you took a picture of, and now you're selling it as an NFT. That's wild. Yeah. Man, that's wild. <laughs> that is so, wild. So, anyways, really quick to 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 um to finish what I was saying, yeah, like I some of um somebody some people starting out, I think, have trouble making a decision on what they want to point their camera at, and I I always try to encourage them to like think about why they did it, and maybe you know consider getting closer to it, closer or going inside of the building or kind of trying to like tell a story like all right cool you have the wide shot right that's 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 the scene now tell me what's going on inside who who are, who are we seeing what are they doing you know a great example i gave a kid recently he, he had a big wide shot of like he's standing at the beach you could see the like you know the restrooms people standing by the bushes looking out over the sand people on the sand and you could see it was like this big wide sort of setup shot and i was like this is great but show me what what the individual people are doing is there a kid building a sandcastle let's see that you know let's see what is he holding up is he holding up a shell or did he find something in the sand show me that you know like get close i want to i want to feel like i'm getting closer and closer and yeah. closer to um 
to the uh, to the story. Yeah, you know? I dude, I, I think that's the hardest lesson to learn as a photographer, especially someone who's like going out to create as like a street photographer, documentarian. Like the entire first six, seven, eight months of my street work was. 50 millimeter far away put someone in space because i was too afraid to get up close and like take that photo of someone up front it's very intimidating it's you know you don't know how someone's gonna react i mean now that's like my favorite thing like when i get up super close to someone with my hasselblad and that fucking mirror goes like they're like did you just take my picture i'm like yeah they're like, why? I was like, I, I just, you know, sorry. It was, it's great. You know, sorry. That's what it was. But like that to yeah, me is, you know, it's what you have to get. You're going to graduate to that point. You got to be brave. And even yesterday, I was wandering around Caltech with my friend. We were taking photographs. And I saw this dude sitting on a bench by himself. And I couldn't. It's been so long for me. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. If I had taken a picture of him, it would have been from like 50 feet away and it would yeah. have meant nothing. I knew if I really wanted to get it good, I needed to be at least 10 feet in front of him. And I couldn't get myself to do it. Yeah. But I do know that in crowded areas and when, I, when I've when i built up the sort of uh, momentum of, of, like, of just like, I don't give a fuck, it does get easier. But that, I'd say that's important. That's important to part of a good photograph. Don't be a... If, if you're afraid to get close to your subject, even if it's, like, not a person, whether, like, I, I always say, to climb that fence, get over it. Don't mm -hmm. shoot through it. Get over, the, get over the fence. Go through, try the door, see if it's unlocked. If it is, ooh, go in. We wandered into uh, an auditorium last night that was completely empty oh, at yes. Caltech, and I was kind of scared. I was like, should we be here? But, dude, we wandered up and down the aisles. We were sitting on the chairs. My friend got on the podium, and we're just like, what are we doing? This is fucking, we shouldn't be here. But he would never do that. He, he thanked me after and was like, dude, thank you so much for like, I was like, I'm so surprised you didn't bounce. And just like, Johnny, you go ahead, I'll yeah. keep watch. He came in with me and I was like, dude, I'm proud of you, man. You would have, I don't think you would have ever done that. And he's like, no, I wouldn't. Point is like, you should try to like, I'm not saying break the law, but come on, you're not murdering or stealing anything. Yeah. You're just taking photos. If you get caught, you're just the guy with the camera. Hey man, I'm sorry. I was just taking photos. Like, yeah. You just you have want? to. You, gonna... You've got to push your own personal boundaries and comfort zone, and like you said, do it in a non-law, in a law-abiding way, which is a good tip for. Sort and, of. Yes. Sort of. Law-abiding I mean, adjacent. I, that, that hospital, that abandoned hospital I shot, I ended up paying the security guard to give me a tour of it, and I fucking exploited him so much, man. I went back like three days in a row brought different friends at one point i showed up at a time when he wasn't there and tried to bribe the other security guard she wasn't having it she was like and i was like well the other guy let me do it and she's like what other guy and then she, i almost got him fired oh man it was i it was it was like the worst thing ever but i got some like cool photos out of it that was a bad don't do that don't do what i did i got i just fell in love with this hospital i couldn't get enough that i kept wanting to go back and back and back it's right down the street from me but what I was going to say is um, if you are afraid to get close to your subject, if you are afraid to climb that fence or go through that door um, or ask or ask somebody like a security guard, dude, do you think I could, here's 20 bucks, can I just get over and can you let me through or something? Um, I've also gone into a church once and I, I spoke to a priest and he ended up giving me a, a tour of the entire, there's multiple chapels, it's so beautiful. But if I had never asked, I wouldn't have gotten those photos the way I did. Um, 
but the point is that if you don't do that people you could see it in your work like mm-hmm. when you when you go to look sometimes i look at people's street photography working on like and it's all the back of people's heads and it's far away and i'm just like ugh, you're just you're just afraid yeah. to, you, you know, know like you sh- it's funny like the first role i shoot and and like when i'm out shooting there is space and separation and then as i get more into the groove more into the comfort of doing it you can see in each role i'm closer i'm closer i'm closer until like literally i'm scanning a role right now i'm like (laughs) this fucking far from this cop and it's like a fucking amazing photo there's nothing special about it but it is this fucking far away and then like i just remember i took the photo thunk and the guy looks at me like what the fuck and i was like ha bye (laughs) like just (laughs) see you later yeah yeah what is it first amendment or is it which amendment is it like yeah free press uh, or whatever freedom press or whatever on public yeah which is like totally not cool in japan totally not cool in germany certain parts of europe it's just they they could sue you yeah you gotta be careful you do have to be careful overseas we we have it good here yeah my buddy in japan i know we're reaching the hour soon but my buddy in japan he just came back from japan and i was like i was like do you don't want to do street photography there because he always takes pictures of just like big skyscrapers and like big vast shots and he's like oh i can't i've already been caught once somebody's face i posted a photo of their faces on it they found me and they had me remove it and they said they were going to press charges i was like what the fuck people shoot street photographers there all the time he's like they're americans they come in and we can't do anything about it but if i live in tokyo and do that it's no good dude that's crazy wow wow i guess i never really put that together that's crazy Wow, that's yeah. nuts. You really do learn yeah. something new every day. That's fucked up. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it's a big it's a big deal. It's a big deal, man. Absolutely. Um talk to yeah, me man. talk to me a little bit about your intention and desire to create. Um like I said, th- this conversation has has been something I've been looking forward to for a bit. I, like I'm wildly inspired by your work, um, by your Thank ability you. to create like these cinematic masterpieces. Um, but what in you and what drives you, and like why do you make photography? Um, I love the process i've always compared photography to being a an exotic butterfly catcher Hmm. you have to pack a you have to pack a little little box and your net and you get out there you don't know if you're going to catch anything but the physical aspect of leaving your home and going out into the wilderness and then you know hacking away or whatever swinging away and then putting it in your box and then coming home and seeing what you have and then killing them and pinning them to your wall right (laughs) (laughs) but i mean in so many ways it's like photography like if i was painting or um there's so many other creative realms that everything happens music everything happens here you don't ever leave when i was recording i was just the band would come to my studio. I'd be there already at the computer. I'd set up the microphones. And, I mean, everything happened here. And I'd have a good time with the band. Then they'd leave. And then it's just me alone in my with my computer. With photography, I felt like at least I get to, like, I have to get out there. You know? I have to, like... And then the, my brain has just changed so much since I've, I've picked up a camera. Like, my brain and my eyes are different now. Right? Mm-hmm. Like... The way the way I see something like a light hit something, I feel like 
I'm watching my own movie. Like my life is now my own movie more so than it was before I picked up a camera. And, and I'm also, when it comes to like the non-physical aspect, not my vision, but my brain has changed in the sense that I, I can now, um, I, there's more adventure in me. And when I walk around, I don't just overlook things. I'm, I'm slower. I pay attention, even without a camera in my hand. I'm, I'm like a lot more curious about what I'm looking at, where I'm at. Oh my God, history. And I've never been a fan of history at all. Right. Um, and now since I've realized, since I started taking photographs, I'm so interested in whatever, whatever building I'm in, even if it's a library, I want to know like, how old is it? You know, can you tell me something about it? Are there old photographs that I can see? Like something about knowing the history of a place and where it came from and and the the little small events that led to where it is now maybe a flood from back in the day or this building used to be a train station or this guy used to own horses here but then he murdered his family like there's like so many little things that i i i need to know about because i realize that i'm a part of that now as a photographer i am now participating in this history this documentation the history so it only makes sense to naturally want to be interested in the history of whether i'm documenting or not i want to know more about it and of, of course you can see like my house is filled with things of the old like i love vintage things um, I love not just collecting vintage things and being surrounded by it, but I also like going out and experiencing something that has history and, and some kind of old charm to it. Dude, I mean, wow. That was wildly, wildly poetic. That was, I mean, <laughs> shit. Fuck. That that was like, <laughs> that was a mic drop if I ever heard one. Um, really? Yeah, man, that was beautiful. Like, I, I agree with you completely. Like, I, I think... The way my life has gotten better since picking up photography is measurable in every aspect of my life. The way I view the people in my life, the way I view the moments in my life, uh, it has taught me to slow down and be appreciative of moments because I know as a photographer they are incredibly fleeting. Um, and there is simplistic beauty in every mundane aspect of life. And I, I agree with you completely. Completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Johnny, absolutely. dude, I, uh, I am so immensely, immensely appreciative of having you on the podcast today. I can't tell you what a treat this has been for me. Um, I have a really, Man. really cheesy line. If you've been on my podcast, you're part of my family. So welcome. You are an honorary Pichuto. And uh, yeah, man. You're, thank you. It was amazing. I've never spoken to you before, and I feel like we're friends now. Are, you're in... Uh, I'm in Jersey. You're not... You're in Jersey, Jersey, Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. Um, I would love to hang out one day if you come to LA or if I make it out out there, man. We're we're buds now. You Fuck know? yeah, and I man. can see us continuing this conversation in a similar manner. Maybe we record it again. I don't know. I love that. But, that was uh, a great idea. I appreciate that. That yeah. sounds. Uh, sign me the fuck up. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks, man. Be well. Okay. Take care, man. See you.